With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. to Final Fights, brought to you by Movies, Films, and Flicks. I am Mark Hoffmeyer, and joining me is a man who hires his henchmen from the same place that Deacon Frost and the Joker hire theirs, is Hakeem Robinson. Hey, hey, what's going on? So, I don't know if you noticed this, but during this fight scene, before the final fight, when Blade squares off against Deacon Frost, all of the henchmen in the vampire army have matching ski caps, glasses, jackets, pants, socks, <laughs> shoes, and belts. <laughs> And and then if you think about Batman in 1989, they all had Joker leather jackets and they all wore predominantly black outfits. They were allowed to wear different hats. But I'm thinking the temp agency who hires out these henchmen, Uh they got to have like some form of um, the same uniform. So I think it's the same agency that that lent out these, these henchmen. What do you think? Well, I think, you know, with Batman, their budget was probably much bigger than Blade's budget. So, but anything is possible. You know, when, when you're on set with wardrobe, they try to save as much money as possible. Yeah. And with color grading, you're not going to be able to tell anyway with these extras, actually. You know? Yeah, yeah I, 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 that makes sense. That I makes just, sense. I've never seen a vampire army with matching henchmen. Like, so the henchmen line up, they get their sizes done, they order all, like, there's a vampire who orders these ski caps for all the henchmen. And to have the ski caps works well because you don't have to do hair. So, like, a budgetary reason it's smart. Right. But right. I just think matching henchmen make me laugh. And does it work? Because it's more or less uh, the protagonist going up against the same the same person every time. Yeah, every, yeah. Hit, every kick is basically the same person. So. You could put a different wig on a different henchman or, you know, one glasses or not, and you can yeah. really stretch it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I at so you uh, you and I work together we teach at the teach in Atlanta we teach film and when I asked you to come join the podcast you said Blade and, and Blade Two so we're going to cover those but why did Blade come to your mind first like what what about Blade made you want to talk about this final fight? Um, I think Blade is a good it's a very underrated uh, comic book uh, and and Blade is character driven it's yeah. not a driven so i'm i'm into blade i'm into what he goes through his backstory and i think they just did a really good job with one and two we don't have to speak about three wait there was a third one yeah (laughs) but one and two was good and i think you don't find a lot of movies where the second one surpasses the first and i think uh guelmo del toro did an awesome job with blade two oh yeah he crushed that movie and i but i gotta tell you man this is 98 this is before Dead. This is before X-Men. This is before Spider-Man. Right, right, I mean, right. this movie, you know, obviously there was The Crow in 1994. That was a successful R-rated superhero film, comic book film. But right. this movie was a success in 98. 
and then two years later we have X-Men. So I don't mm. think it was a, I don't think it was a, what's the word? It didn't just ran, happen, like randomly happen. I think people saw the success of this. And that's one thing that makes me happy is Blade nowadays is starting to get its due. Because I think it is very important in the superhero genre. Oh, oh, there's a, there's actually a, a video on YouTube that talks about how Blade basically uh, reinvigorated the Marvel franchise. If it wasn't for Blade, there wouldn't have been Iron Man. There wouldn't have been, like, the, the whole uh, MCU wouldn't have, you know, come to existence, which is great. Yeah. All right. So let's let's get into this fight, and we'll yeah. kind of we'll kind of get into the the the, the build up here. So the okay. final fight is between Stephen Dorff as Deacon Frost. I uh -huh. call him a yuppie vampire. He's a <laughs> like I, listen. He's a good bad guy. Oh, a great Steve, bad guy. Great he, bad guy. Yeah, man. He's just yeah. the, he's a rich kind of like white collar vampire who's mad that he's not a pure blood. Right. And right. so he gets all of the the twelve like elder vampires, the pure bloods together, and he summons this blood demon called the Magra. And mm -hmm. all these skeletons pop out of these these vampires, and he gets infested as La Magra. But mm -hmm. during this time, Wesley Snipes is just destroying... I mean, so first he has to kill his mom, Sonal Latham, which is a bummer. Yeah, this is after he comes back to life. Like, yeah. he's supposedly dying, and he comes back. Yeah, right. Dr. Karen, right? He drinks Dr. Karen's blood, uh -huh. and, he, and he comes back. And right. Right. so what I love most, though, is people talk super landing, super, like, superhero... When they land on the ground, what a superhero land? What do they call that? Hero landing, yeah, yeah, yeah. hero landing, yeah. When Deadpool, oh, not Deadpool, when Blade had that in this movie, I just started cheering. I've watched this movie ten times. Every time he does that superhero <laughs> landing, it just looks so badass. And was he the first? Yeah, it must. I don't know what could have been first, right? That it uh, has uh, to have been it. Yeah, I, th I would think so. I and then his think... his glasses get flicked to him. Perfect catch. That's after he cuts off uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the other character's head. Yeah. Uh, uh, Quinn. Name? Quinn. Yeah, Quinn, yeah, yeah. Played by Donald Luke or Luke yeah, or yeah, Luke. Luke. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I finally got both hands. I don't know which one to kill you with. Gonk. <laughs> and I love what Mercury does. When she sees that, she just runs away. Like, she's like, I'm out of here. Oh, <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, yeah. She, she goes after right. Karen. We did, yeah, that's right. They had yeah. their fight scene. That's but right. But she's smart, though. She's like, I'm not fighting these guys. I'm going I'm going to go fight Karen. Right, but yeah, so he gets he gets his head chopped off. He goes down kind of like a chump. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but he's been he had been fighting Blade for the whole film, you know, back and forth for the whole film. So he's one of those and, fun secondary secondary antagonists, is he not? Like I love Quinn because he just keeps popping up. He had all the he had all the one liners, you know. So mm -hmm. he was uh, he played a good he played a good role too. Yeah, I liked him too. And then Blade just starts he rips the throat out of a henchman in right. this fight. I mean, he, he goes full roadhouse. Wait, wait, and throws the throat at the next henchman yeah. coming. Right, right. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. and then there's the, what about that henchman who's just sort of sitting and like he's in between this area and he doesn't move and he just lets Blade kick him. I don't know if you saw that part. Uh, 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 it was a few. I mean, when these fight scenes are choreographed, they try to be as realistic as possible. But depending on the framing, you're gonna catch somebody just standing there watching. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> waiting to get kicked or punched, you know. I gotta tell you, if I'm a henchman and I'm seeing Blade kill 17 out of my 19 henchman buddies, I'm running. I'm out of there. <laughs> so you wouldn't be a good henchman. You wouldn't be a good henchman at all. I mean, you you know, you, henchmen are not supposed to run. That doesn't make them henchmen. But if I know? know I can be killed in about 13 seconds and I could maybe fight, I could I could stand 50 feet away and maybe shoot them. 
Well, maybe the definition of henchman is uh, you believe you can take out the good guy, regardless. So they're you delusional. Know? There you go. Oh, I like these. That's interesting. <laughs> and then, all right, so then he beats up all the henchmen. I mean, he has all some right. of the, the, the best moves. I mean, remember, I don't remember if you remember in the trailer, but when he gets that henchman on the ground and then you just see Wesley Snipes kicking him. Like five oh, or six times. He pops up out of the... Yeah, yeah. He pops I mean, off the ground. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He flies right off the ground. I mean, there's so many good yeah. trailer moments in this fight. Just the way that he puts the sword on the ground and, mm -hmm. you know, moves it around and grabs his sword and just fighting these guys. And, I mean, this was, I guess, just this choreography. This is some of my favorite fight choreography in superhero movies as well. It's not CGI people punching each other. It's uh -huh. a... Vampire right. hybrid spin kicking henchman, and I love right. that. Right, right, right. And this, um, I think this was before MMA, or this might have been a right at, around the time MMA was coming into fruition. And and uh, you know, Wesley is a black belt. Mm -hmm. You know, so this was this was all him. Man, I love these fight scenes, and I like. You know, this movie has a Rotten Tomato meter score. I don't get it. What is it? It's like fifty-seven. Really? Yeah. Oh. This is like an eighty-three movie. I don't know. It, Hopefully we get some... Yeah, I would say at least 83. So how do you think Deacon Frost, one of my biggest problems sometimes with movies, if you think about like Thor, the Dark World or, or other films where the villain gets the ultimate power, the villain gets the ether, the villain gets La Magra, they become the most powerful being in the uniform, uh, in the universe, and that's all they wanted. And then they're defeated. Do you kind of dislike that trope in films or do you think this one did it so early that it was ahead of all the movies that do it now? Uh, well, no, I just think that they follow all the basic uh, superhero stories where the bad guy has to, I guess, um, ingest all the power, which makes the which makes the hero that much more the hero at the end when he defeats him. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, he needed it. I mean, he, he you know, you said he had the elders. He took the elders out and he has, you know, this this great power now where he can regenerate. And I don't know if the regeneration, and that's the thing with Marvel, they have a, a lot of characters that regenerate, you know, Wolverine and, mm -hmm. and so on. So basically, that's what he did. And Blade cut him up a couple of times, and he just came back. Yeah, he cut his torso, he cut his arm off, and then his torso, and the blood just right. pulled him back together. Right, 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 right. Interesting. And I gotta tell you, that scene where they're just slamming swords against each other—that was another great trailer moment. Mm -hmm. Just good sword fighting. And I looked into Stephen Dorff's stunt double because. You can tell about 80% of this fight is the stunt double. They don't even try to show Dorf in this. Uh -huh. The guy's name is Clayton Barber. Okay. And right now he is doing, like, he, he's the stunt coordinator for shows like Black Panther, Creed, Iron wow. Fist, Jessica Jones. Uh, he's doing like season two. He's, he's done uh, Iron Fist. He's also worked, he worked with uh, um, Stephen Dorf again on Wildcard. He did Born Legacy, Wind Talkers, Jason Statham movies. Oh, he's doing a lot. Yeah, so this guy, he he was known for stunts in 98, but now he's a stunt coordinator doing massive films. Mm, I mean, that's awesome. And I think I think they did a good job of Steven Dorff is not a big guy, but I think in this fight scene, by giving him that power and the red eyes and the close-up of the sword fight and the kind of flips, they did a good job making him a tough opponent. Like, there, there's definitely, like, a size dis discrepancy. Yeah, well, for me, Steven Dorff has a presence on screen that, to me, it, it, it helped that as well. Like, mm -hmm. he was a believable bad guy. So even if he was smaller than he was with his power, it made it believable that he can basically 
take on Blade. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah. And then he had the traditional... He 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 messed up. He got cocky. And then he's like, what are you going to do with that serum? What are you going to do with the... Um, I have the name of the serum here somewhere. He's like, yeah, what are you, yeah. you going to do with that? And then he, Blade oh, just... Said, yeah, too, he said something like, it's, it's too late for you or something <laughs> like, like, nothing you can do with that now. Then he throws it into him. Oh, the uh, sword. Right? Yeah, the sword up. He says, nice shot. You know, Wesley Snipes gets down on his knees, catches it behind his back. Ah. <laughs> and he just loads him up. And I think he, he delivers. All right. There have been instances, I think, in film where people have not known how to read a line. So in X-Men, when Holly Berry says, you know what happens to a toad when it gets hit by lightning? Like, same mm -hmm. thing that happens to every other thing when it gets hit by <laughs> lightning. Uh -huh. There's ways to read lines. And I'm going to give us our PG-13 rating here. When Wesley Snipes, he's like some, wait, he's like some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. reads uh, that perfectly. That's a line that could be, like, normally final lines when you think about Schwarzenegger, stick around, mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, just other various lines that let off some steam. But this, that's a long final line, and Wesley just nails uh, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did a good job with that too. And then he just blows up. Uh huh. I mean, and then also one of my favorite moments is when he cuts. Stephen Dwarf in half when he just mimes like WTF. Like, yeah, what the, what the like, yeah, what the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, just, yeah. It's such a stylized, cool performance. Like I think it's a better performance than people realize too with Blade. It's just so physical. So I don't know. But this final yeah. fight I, I don't know how old you were when you watched this, but I was sixteen and I went to the theater and watching this movie sort of blew my mind for a number of reasons. I mean, I, I was a big fan of Wesley Snipes from Demolition Man and Passenger right. fifty seven. Rising right. Sun, all those movies, act, those action films. And, well, White Man Can't Jump, I love that movie, too. Right. And, Major, and, Le and Major League. And New Jack City. Yeah, and Jungle and Fever. He had quite the resume by the time he was he was on this. And right. at, just the bloodbath in the beginning, the blood rave. What a great mm -hmm. way to establish this elite, different kind of vampires. And then these new breed of vampires, they were very computer savvy. They were very stylish. They were very model-y. Like, I was used to the vampires in you know, interview with the vampire uh -huh. or, I mean, Fright Night had modern vampires, Thirst, uh, Hunger had modern vampires and also uh, Lost Boys, but they were kind of relegated to secrecy. These were like out and about, right? like regular, powerful Wall Street vampires. Like, what did you right. think when you first watched this film back in 98? Yeah, well, they made, they made the vampire world real. They put real people uh -huh. in, in these situations where... You never know, you know, a vampire could be with you on the elevator. The scene where, um, where what's her name, uh, Karen is in the elevator, there's two vampires behind her and they're following her. And you don't know that they're vampires until you see the tattoo on them. So they made, they made vampires real. And I think Blade was the first R-rated hero film, superhero film, um, that, and, and, and it crossed. It became crossover. Everybody went to see Blade. Yeah. You know, everybody was talking about Blade because they'd never seen anything like this before. You know, it was a, it was a great time to see this guy. And then Chris Christopherson played. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Whistler. Whistler. Oh, he was awesome. Oh, he they, awesome. they loved so, him so much they brought him back. Right, right. He was dead and they brought him back. Right. So everything, I think they hit every uh, nuance in the first Blade. And I remember listening to an interview. This is when I was in New York and Blade came out. They had Wesley Snipes uh, on a radio show. And this was in between. This is when they didn't know they were going to do another Blade. 
So they built up this whole interview to ask him toward the end of the interview. They said, all right, we've been waiting all this time. Is there going to be another blade? And he paused for a second. He said, yes, we're going to do another blade. Yeah. Now, it was in between Blade 1 and Blade 2. So, I mean, there was a lot of hype around Blade. Blade was a sleeper, yep. you know, and uh, everybody loved it. So, and then the end fight scene was great. It was great. So Blade set the bar, as far yeah. as I'm concerned, for the next Blade and for all the other superhero movies after. They had to surpass and be better than what Blade was. So, yeah, yeah. Blade was good. I have two parts in this fight uh, I'm not a massive fan of, and I want to see what you think. Okay. So there's a scene where Stephen Dorff, Deacon Frost, is he has Lamagra in him, and Blade kind of lets loose and kicks him and does all this, and they sword fight, and, and then Stephen Dorff goes, my turn. And then he's like... He starts going uh, Roadrunner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you think about that scene? Like, that was uh, a little, little, little weird, right? Now, what didn't you like? You didn't like that he can move quick or that the way they depicted him moving quick was too cartoonish. I think he had never done that prior in the fight, and maybe he was cocky. Maybe he just sort of thought he could take Blade because he was La Magra. Uh -huh. But the scene just felt very... Because he never does that again. So it just felt like it could have been... Like, he could have just punched Wesley in the head or thrown him into a wall or, you know, kicked him into oblivion. But instead he zip-zaps all over the place. And it just felt like an off moment in the fight. Uh, well, I wouldn't say an off moment. I think they didn't have a lot for, <laughs> for him to do. I yeah, mean, you're so, right. Um, how, how much, like, with, with the powers he had, how much could he do without the audience believing there's no way in the world Blade can defeat this guy? Uh, so, yeah. you know, they're running around real quick. But then after that, he punches him. He punches him into a wall after he, you know, after he moves fast. I mean, it, it was different from all the other choreographed uh, movement. In, in the scene, but to think about this scene, it was so much going on, and the scene was only about four minutes, three and a half minutes long. <laughs> yeah, it, short it, fight. Yeah, yeah, it was short. It was short, but it was good. It was good. So I don't, I didn't mind uh, him moving fast. No. Uh, and, and last one, you just made me love that part now. So I have one more thing I'm a little bit, but at the end, he just jumps in the air for no reason, Lamagra, and then he gets loaded up with the, the yeah. serum. Yeah. That, that's a weird so, jump, right? Please tell me that's yeah. a weird jump. No, no, I, I actually agree with you on that one because he already had hit him, I believe, twice. <laughs> yeah. Series, right? Yeah. So he just jumps in the air almost like uh, Morpheus did in uh, The Matrix, you know, like the yeah. air with the crane, you know, the, the crane moving that allowed. And that was more or less, I felt like Blade needed an opportunity to throw all of these serums into him. How is he going to do that? Let's throw him in the air in slow motion and then have a montage of blade throwing these serums and when he comes back down they'll have about nine or ten serums in his body and he'll explode i think that's where it got kind of cheesy yeah but you know they had to end it somehow how happy would you be if you were a superhero and you knew that you could throw a serum in the air and then spin kick it into an ultimate evil vampire with a perfect shot how pleased with yourself would you be oh, oh man listen that, that scene um it's a superhero movie. Yeah. So, you know. I love it. I think it's a perfect scene. And it, but how, like, if you were Blade and you're thinking about it later on, you're, you're back at your place, you're hanging out, you're drinking a blood teeny, <laughs> and you're just like, I just spin kicked the serum into the ultimate evil easily. Uh -huh. how, how ple on a scale of one to 10, how pleased with yourself are you? 
oh, I would be at a 10. I mean, that, <laughs> that basically that set up the sequel. You know, like this is this this vampire is he can do it all. Yeah. You know, he's a he's a day walker, so he doesn't have to worry about all of the problems most vampires have. He has all their strengths and none of their weaknesses. So, you know, and, and he can kick uh, serums into people's heads. So, you know. That's, what a great moment. That made me so happy. All yeah. right, so uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here about this final fight? What, what's uh, uh, what's your favorite part of this fight? Favorite part of this fight was the buildup. But I would say my favorite part of the fight might have been the sword because, you know, they they were, they were went back and forth with the swords. And it was, it was um, and I was hoping that they would end the movie with the sword. They really didn't. Either than him throwing them up and it knocking the serum down. Um, but the, the the sword fight was ri- was rich. It oh, was yeah. Rich. Yeah, it was good. So I think that's my favorite part of this scene. Just watching that. I remember when I first saw the trailer and the two of them, he had the red eyes. Stephen Dorff had the red eyes and then Blade. And they were just going like back and forth. Right. I was like, you got like eight of my tickets. I'll buy eight tickets. After that, when they're using the sword and he's going towards Stephen Dorff, he's cutting his shirt up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. His shirt is flying all over the place. So, yeah, Blade, Blade was an awesome superhero film to kind of bring us in. Like you said, X-Men was after that. Avengers was after that. Thor was after that. Iron Man was after that. Spider-Man was Mm -hmm. after, you know? So, yeah. And Blade has to be applauded, too, because in 98, comics weren't cool. Like, they weren't. They weren't where they are now. And it managed to take... I think starting with a vampire movie is really smart because people aren't thinking this is a superhero movie. They're thinking this is a vampire action movie does that make sense so it's a smart way into comic books because remember x-men in 2000 they didn't put them in their costumes they put them in leather jumpsuits right to make them more cool Uh but blade was just cool like it wasn't self-conscious it was was a smart way to get into comic book films and yeah i I don't know i'm glad we talked about this because i love this movie and i love this final fight yeah i mean this this uh was great do you know did you hear how wesley snipes got to play blade no, what happened? He was trying to do Black Panther, and they wouldn't let him. So wow. he had to settle with Blade. Huh. That's yeah, he, he was in an interview. He said they wouldn't they wouldn't let him. I think it was too controversial. So they said, you know, because the Black Panther that um, started back then was more like, a, uh, I don't want to say like the Black Panthers in, out in L.A., but, you know, he was, he was very uh, political. Yeah. Yeah, and they didn't want that at the time, so they, he had to settle with Blade. I'm glad he did. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. For sure. He he made he made Blade. Like, there's some characters that really fit into um, these characters, like, like Gerard Butler playing Leonidas in 300. Oh, yeah. He was Leonidas. You he know? was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So same thing for Wesley Snipes and Blade. I mean, he, he took on that, and that's why I think that they had a TV show for Blade. It kind of didn't work because we see Wesley Snipes yeah. as Blade, you know. But but now the next Blade is supposed to be... Um, Mahershala. Uh, Ma, yeah, Mahershala Masha Ali. Yeah, yeah. I think he's going to do a great job. Oh, that dude's awesome. Two-time Oscar winner playing Blade? Shoot, I'll take I it. Wait. I can't wait. That's the closest we're going to get to Wesley, so, you know. Oh, I love it. Well, thanks for joining me, man. This was a lot of fun. All right. Yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate uh, rehashing uh, the great moments of Wesley Snipes and Blade. We're, we're probably not going to get that again, even with the new one. The first one is always 
the one that's going to sit, you know, in the heart of everybody. So I appreciate you uh, bringing me on. All right. So for me, Mark Hoffmeyer, for Hakeem Robinson, this is Final Fights. We'll see you next week. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.